Letter 111 On the Vanity of Mental Gymnastics You have asked me to give you a Latin word for the Greek sophismata. Many have tried to define the term, but no name has stuck. This is natural, inasmuch as the thing itself has not been admitted to general use by us. The name, too, has met with opposition. But the word which Cicero used seems to me most suitable. He calls them cavillationes. If a man has surrendered himself to them, he weaves many a tricky subtlety, but makes no progress toward real living. He does not thereby become braver or more restrained or loftier of spirit. He, however, who has practiced philosophy to effect his own cure, becomes high-souled, full of confidence, invincible, and greater as you draw near him. This phenomenon is seen in the case of high mountains, which appear less lofty when beheld from afar, but which prove clearly how high the peaks are when you come near them. Such, my dear Lucilius, is our true philosopher, true by his acts and not by his tricks. He stands in a high place, worthy of admiration, lofty, and really great. He does not stretch himself or walk on tiptoe like those who seek to improve their height by deceit, wishing to seem taller than they really are. He is content with his own greatness, and why should he not be content with having grown to such a height that fortune cannot reach her hands to it? He is, therefore, above earthly things, equal to himself under all conditions, whether the current of life runs free or whether he is tossed and travels on troubled and desperate seas. But this steadfastness cannot be gained through such hair-splittings as I have just mentioned. The mind plays with them, but profits not a whit. The mind, in such cases, is simply dragging philosophy down from her heights to the level ground. I would not forbid you to practice such exercises occasionally, but let it be at a time when you wish to do nothing. The worst feature, however, that these indulgences present is that they acquire a sort of self-made charm, occupying and holding the soul by a show of subtlety, although such weighty matters claim our attention and a whole life seems scarcely sufficient to learn the single principle 
of despising life. What? Did you not mean control instead of despise? No. Controlling is the second task, for no one has controlled his life aright unless he has first learned to despise it. Farewell.